It's the Dogcast, episode number 478. Another big game in Saturday. Saturday night in Athens against Auburn. Hell, they're all big this time of year, baby, when you're in the hunt for the playoff. Alright, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 478. We're back. We're a little late this week. Me and Jamie, Jamie got jammed up on Wednesday, and I got jammed up on Thursday. So here it is on Friday. Friday night, we're doing the Auburn pregame. The good news is, though, the game's not till 7 tomorrow night, so you got plenty of time to listen to this show and get studied up on everything you need to know about the Auburn Plainsman. So, Jamie, we're in the bunker, and we've got a big game this week. Auburn, the oldest rivalry in the Deep South. Um, they're bringing Plainsmen, they're bringing Tigers, they're bringing Eagles. Uh, what is your overall take on this Auburn team? And uh, they've got three losses. We know that. So, what are you thinking about these guys? What am I thinking? I'm thinking we're diving, like you said, back into the oldest rivalry. This year obviously is hasn't been their best year, but they're peaking at the right time. Um, they're going really? to really. Well, I mean, peaking for them, they're peaking coming back to score ten points in the last six minutes to beat a to beat Texas A and M, and that you and you're calling that peaking, huh? Well, for for an Auburn team this year, yeah, that's the best they've got. Um, <laughs> look, I expect them to come in and 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 try their best to compete that they I, I don't believe the pundits you know I've heard all week that this is going to be the fastest team we've played this is going to be the best D-line we've played against which I agree with that the best D-line but there's yeah. nothing there, there's no other ingredients in the pot outside of that D-line so I don't know what they're cooking well, you're right. Beside the D line, we're going which we're gonna talk about in a second. Right. I mean, I expect them to play us like Kentucky, like Florida, like Missouri, like Tennessee. All those teams played their asses off in the first half, right? Um, they played their hearts out in the first half and generally got ground down in the second half, you know? Right. I mean, hell, a stat, you and I were just talking about it. They, Auburn has not scored a point against Georgia in the state of Georgia be outside of the first quarter in almost 10 years. Not since 2009 was the last time they scored in a quarter not called the first quarter. Absolutely. And, and, and then there's only been 21 points they've scored in the first quarter. Since 2009, and they've not found a way to get as much as a field goal thereafter. Yeah, so we've been playing pretty good against them. We, they have not, you know, Gus has not been able to make adjustments against, uh, hell, against uh, Rick coach teams or smart coach teams. And not very well since 2009. So um, this is the, and I'll tell you another thing about this game, another stat 
that doesn't look not a good fit for Auburn is that uh, the team who owns the time of possession, whatever team wins the time of possession battle, actually has won this game nine times in a row. And that goes back to the split. That covers even the split games last year. Right. Time possession has been the sole has been the has been the factor that picked the winner nine games in a row. So what do we need to do knowing that? What do you think is going to be our game plan going into this game? We're going to throw it 40, 45 times. A little hurry up, no huddle, just lots of dink and dunk, throwing the ball like crazy. I believe we're going to grind them out with a couple stallions out of the backfield. That's so you don't mean. like the dink and dunk game, huh? I mean, <laughs> it, it'll be there if we need it, but no. I mean, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna win the time of possession because they don't have a way to win the time of possession. Carryon Johnson's not showing up tomorrow. That's right. He's not coming to save the day, is he? He is not. And, and I'll tell you, um, their quarterback play has been less than stellar. You know, Gus has not had the quarterback he wanted. Stidham is not the quarterback for Gus's offense, notwithstanding the fact that, I mean, what is he? He's already won three Heismans by now. But the fact is, Stidham, not that great, and not the player that Gus needs in his offense, right? The last guy he had that really worked for him was a guy like Nick Marshall, you know? Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, those are the kind of guys that really can work in that Gus Malzahn offense. Stidham is not the right guy, so, and he's not been very successful. They've got three losses this year, and they've got, they are the team, they're the only team that's lost to Tennessee in the SEC in God knows how long. Um, they're not built for comebacks. They're not good at making adjustments. One thing they are good at, though, is pressuring the quarterback and bottling up the run game. So let's talk about that defensive line because they are big, they're fast, they're experienced, and they're salty. They're even better. They're the offensive line that we thought Kentucky might have, the defensive line that we thought Kentucky might have. Talk to me about what you think about that front seven out of Auburn. They're they're big and they're and they're fast. Um, they're going to give us trouble. And, and here's here's where I'm at with it. And I've heard conflicting reports on our O line being back to normal. If our O line is back to normal, and I say normal, I mean some combination of Big Ben and Cade at right guard. And whichever one's first, I'm fine with. It doesn't have to be Big Ben back in the starting role, I don't think. And if Gilliard and Trey Hill are just splitting time, maybe, and not it just be a freshman in there the whole game. Right. I think this our line's improved, especially from a pass-blocking standpoint from last year. I mean, we don't allow much pressure. If we have some steady combination of our main guys, it don't have to be the exact starters, but the guys that get the most reps. If we have The some, ones and the 1As. Right, correct. If we have some combination of that all game, we'll be able to run enough that a team that is one-dimensional – it's not going to be able to do enough damage to get something done. 
Right now, do you put? Uh, do you think that uh, Auburn is in this one-dimensional category? Uh, they're a one-dimensional, in my opinion, on both sides of the ball. They're one-dimensional. Their running game is is horrible. I mean, just just period. It's, it's not good. Their O line isn't much better. So when you have a bad O line and bad running backs, you have to throw the ball. Well, Stidham hasn't won a Heisman in the regular season at all. He's only <laughs> taken them in the preseason. Sure. So, we're putting the ball in the hands of what some people say is an NFL caliber quarterback. Well, he is this he's not any better than Drew Locke, and you see what happened when we faced that one-dimensional team. So, Sure. I, I'm thinking Defensively for us, offensively for Auburn, it's going to be a similar game to Missouri. Right, that's the game they're going to play. The little they're going to pass it a lot uh, in that uh, you know from the anything from a damn bubble screen all the way to uh, you know they're going to take a couple of deep shots, but they're the deep ball receivers have not been very effective. You know their passing is really I'd say thirty yards and under. You know. Right. Um, so that is what I think they're going to try to do offensively. Their running game is not that good. Um, I think offensively, you're right. They are a lot like Missouri. Stidham and Locke are a lot alike in what they're trying to do. And Stidham is maybe not even as good as Locke, as you said. I don't think defensively, he is. Defensively, they are big on tackles for a loss, pressure. They get, they're disruptive in the backfield. However... You know, they have been vulnerable to running splits, right? Because they, they're kind of like a team, if you can think about it, they're kind of like in a permanent blitz, right? right? So if you can make a tiny little hole in that blitz, if you can penetrate that front seven, like say, I don't know, like a guy like DeAndre Swift is pretty good at doing, there's not a lot behind that, right? If you can make a tiny little seam, you can go you can go through them and it's easy to get behind them they're also really vulnerable because they try to bottle up and crush down clamp down on the backfield they're really vulnerable to, to screen passes the screen game in general bubble screen uh, things like that tunnel screens are are very effective wheel routes are also pretty effective against these guys so uh, and halfback you know uh, t- throw toss into the halfback in the uh, tailback passing out in the flat is also a, a very effective you know I mean I don't I don't make damn 1.5 million dollars a year to call offensive plays so I'm guessing Jim Cheney has seen the film he knows what Tennessee did to him what Florida did to him he knows where they're vulnerable you know Right, and we have a couple guys that fit fit that perfectly. Swift and Miko could probably up their draft stock this weekend. Yes, out, sir. Out of our backfield. Yes, sir. Miko Hardman and DeAndre Swift are going to be the guys this weekend. I mean, um, Elijah Holyfield also will play a vital role, like he did against Kentucky's defensive line, in softening those guys up, pounding those guys, really like hurting them physically punishing them and then plowing a hole for Swift and Miko. Miko's going to be outside the bubble and DeAndre's going to penetrate the bubble and uh, I think we're going to be okay. And I do think, I was just kidding about the 40 passes. We're going to totally run the ball, grind these guys down and wear them out in the second half. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll we'll be able to throw it if we need to, especially something quick. I mean, if if we're not able to get that seam early that you spoke of, I mean, 
we got a, a better receiving core, and Fromm's a year more mature than he was last year. So, I mean, we'll we'll do a better job than last year in the first game of getting something started if we have to abandon the run for some reason. I will tell you something else, too, that I think maybe is being discounted. You know, Kirby has said all we need to do to get up for this game is look across the field, man. It's freaking Auburn. If you can't get excited about playing Auburn in Athens on a Saturday night, why are you with the program, right? But just like we said going into the Kentucky game, Kentucky expended a lot of energy beating uh, Missouri that week before. You know, it took everything they had. Hell, it took 60 minutes and one more play just to win that game. And it cost them a lot in terms of energy and, you know, just general fire. I'm telling you now, Auburn similarly expended a lot of energy. Now, you might say, man, like you said, they're peaking, right? So maybe they are peaking emotionally, but I'm telling you, it took a lot out of the tank for them to escape that Texas A&M game last week. I expect them to fold, and I'll tell you now, I think a shutout is in the cards. Wow, a shutout. You think so? I think a shutout is on the table. I'm not, I'm not calling for a shutout, but I definitely think a shutout is within the realm of possibility. Oh, I'd love nothing more to send them home without any points. That'd be fantastic. I think it could happen. Hell, odds are, if we can keep them scoreless in the first quarter, we got them. I mean, there is so, a trend. You know, and I said they're peaking at, you know, at the end of the season at the right time. But to be fair, I mean, if anybody made – I'm not sure if y'all did, but if anybody watched the Georgia versus Kentucky game last week, I mean, I feel like Georgia is starting to come into their own as well. I mean, we're we there. Are. We're, we're and, there. I and mean, we're starting to mash people, right, with authority. And, um, you know, ever since that LSU game, when we tossed out that uh, – we tossed out the damn playbook from the, or the, the game plan from the LSU game, and um, things have been looking a lot better since then. I'm, I've got a new opinion on that game. I'm going to go with the coaching staffs was like – Kirby and, and the labs, like, we need to be humbled. So we'll get a new leash on life and come finish this season even stronger than we could have. That's what happened in LSU. Yeah. I hope you're right, brother. <laughs> that I was hope a, you're right. That, that was, he, he drew that up in the, um, in the laboratory. That's all it was. I, I think you might be right about that. Right. I'd be down with that plan. Sure. Um, so I think Auburn's going to be down on power. I think they're going to be playing a couple cylinders off the pace. And, uh, I do think that, I think the, uh, like I said, I think the shutout's on the table, man. I want to see it. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, where they got us last year was they were able to get penetration and we kind of corrected that by getting big Ben inserted at guard after we lost in, in Auburn last year. And I'm not saying that Ben's ready. I don't know. I, he can. I know he can play if if he's needed. And I'm not saying Cade Mays is as good as Ben. But I tell you what, Cade's just as nasty as Ben. He might have a meaner streak than Ben. I actually so, think that's true. I think right. he's a little nastier, a little meaner. Meaner, right? So with that said, he's gonna go out there and play with an edge that kind the kind of edge you need when you're going up against a dynamic D-line like Auburn. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think he might be. The edge, like you said, the edge that we're looking for, man. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, um, do you we got a call this week. I'm not gonna really address this. I'm gonna play this call in a second. I'm not honestly, I'm not worried. What's the line on this game, by the way? Last I looked it was thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Stidham or Malzon. Malzon's definitely coming back. Hell, some people have said we've got nothing to play for because we're already in the SEC championship. That's a done deal. That's that's wrong. We've got everything to play for. Because we absolutely do. If we lose this game, we can beat Alabama, and we're not going to the playoff. And we're still not going, right? That's right. That'd be an SEC champion locked out. Locked out. So I think, yeah, I think that's wrong. My whole point is we have way more to play for than Auburn does. Auburn's coach is coming back. They've already secured a bowl with six wins, but they're they're not going to be able to secure anything else. So what do they have to play for, right? I think they have less to play for than we do. I think we're going to be fired up and ready on Saturday night at 7 o'clock in Sanford Stadium, baby. They've only got one thing, in my opinion, to play for, and that's spoiler. They get to play spoiler. So that's the only message he can send. We need to go and ruin their day. The same thing he's going to try to do or, or hype them up to play Alabama is we've got to go be the upset special. And they I just they don't have the horses this year unfortunately. I mean they don't have the horses. It is. It is what it is. In order for us to lose this game, we've got to do something drastically stupid. They're going to have to they're going to have to get points off turnovers. They're going to have to get touchdowns from special teams. And they're going to have to convert big plays, big passing plays, at a rate they haven't converted this year. So, And we're going to have to play... Against the best defensive backfield in the SEC. Right. So, I mean, this, guys, I, I'm, I'm not buying it. Just not buying what people are selling, I th- and and one of the guys from Rivals, I think it was Roddy. He even he's like, this game's a push. Auburn's going to come in and do their thing, and they're hyped up and ready to spoil the day. And games is games a push could go either way. I mean, obviously a game can go either way because both teams are trying to score, but. This isn't Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas. I mean, the underdog's not knocking us out. Copy that, brother. Dogs win easily. By I think the dogs going to cover and win easy. I got the dogs winning by at least twenty. I, I know somebody. I hate to jinx it. I, sh- I shouldn't jinx myself like that, should I? I, I just don't, I'm not worried about Auburn. Hell, I wasn't worried about Kentucky either. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I know somebody. Somebody real close to me that played four years at Auburn and is an Auburn booster right now. And I had lunch with him on Tuesday and he likes Georgia by four touchdowns. Wow. That's about what I think. Honestly, if I get right down to it, that's probably about what I think. I, mean, I, I could see 20, I could see 28 points. He said that we're, we're the line is what? And I said last I looked, thirteen and a half, which was the same thing Tuesday as it was I know Wednesday, I don't think I looked yesterday. And he said if it if it's 
If it's 14 and a half, 13 and a half, I'm betting that game. Georgia wins by four touchdowns. Like, there wow. you go. So I'm not ready to to get that cocky because 28 point victory versus the SEC team is hard to do sometimes. But 13 and a half, guys, we cover. Roger that. I'm down with that plan. I'll tell you, I was starting to say the same. Go. We got some calls this week. I got we got a call from Oregon this week. Um, strong fan. We got a lot of listeners out in the West, man. SoCal Dogs, Oregon, Idaho, Arizona, Colorado. A lot of people out there in the Pacific time zone. But um, so we got a couple of calls from I from Oregon, and we got this call from a guy asking about our offensive line and Justin Fields. And I just want to say in the show, we got your question. We're not going to answer your question yet, though, because I don't really want to get into the thing about Fields right now, because. Um, it's not the right time. We'll talk about it when it's the right time to talk about it, right? We'll be ahead of it, but right now, and, and you'll know when you need to know, and you'll know before anybody else, but now's not the time. I just don't want you to think we're not ignoring your call. We're just not talking about fields right now because we still got damn football to play, right? Absolutely. Fields is doing what fields does. Fields is fine. I'm not trying to like start any like scary rumors or anything. Fields is fine. He's not leaving the program, but there, if there's news about fields, I mean, we will share those insights at the appropriate time. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just sitting on that for a minute. Yeah, our finger's on the pulse of this thing, and there's just nothing really that that anybody needs to know. I mean, they're, they're practicing. He's getting ready. And, and Kirby's kind of right. I mean, everybody's like, Kirby's just being smug about it. No, he's really not. Fields is practicing hard. He's getting better. And that's just where we're at with it. That's where we're at with it. Cup sales have been amazing. You guys have bought a ton of cups. I love it. I'm shipping them out. If you bought a cup in the past uh, 10 days, they're going out tomorrow morning. I'm taking them to the post office in the morning. I totally appreciate you guys buying cups. That is our pretty much our only source of revenue on the show right now. And uh, I really appreciate you guys buying the cups. I think it's a cool souvenir. And... Um, if you guys want to buy a cup, you can hit us up on the website. There's a yellow PayPal button, and there's a little bar right above the PayPal button where you select what it is you want to buy. The button says, buy now. And then you click what you want to buy, and you just buy it. I will send you a stinking cup in just in a jiffy, baby. So, right. guys, follow us on Facebook. Jamie, what else you got, man? Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher. I don't know. We're everywhere. Instagram, we do all the things. Yeah, I don't have much left. I've got a lot of a lot of private messages this week asking about uh, listener tailgate for today, for tomorrow. And unfortunately, that's not happening for this game. Um, yeah, so yeah, let's talk about that because Jamie and I haven't even actually talked about it. Guys, I'm not going to be available because I'm actually doing – yeah, I hate to even say it, but my I'm going to be at a BMW-sponsored tailgate that's going to be over at Legion Field with a live band and uh, free food and free alcohol. It's going to be lots of fun, but I'm going to be doing that. So we're not doing any kind of listener meetup tomorrow unless Jamie wants to nail something down. And we're also not going to be doing it at the uh, Massachusetts game. I'm hoping that me and Jamie can host a tailgate for Georgia Tech. Jamie, do you have any thoughts about doing that Georgia Tech game? Tech seems like the only option left. This week, I've I've tried to get some stuff nailed down for this week. It was, just didn't work out. Massachusetts as well will not work for me. But I think 
I think, well, the only problem with Tech is it's a noon game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get creative on that and see what we can come up with. But, but Tech... First, I know. Noon game. What are you going to do? Noon game after Thanksgiving, right? But I'm not above – I, I I, mean, I know it kind of sucks, guys. We wanted to have a listener meet up, but, man, I can't turn down the freaking BMW tailgate, right? Are you crazy? I can't sure, turn that that's down. I mean, that's, that's what you do for your – Shit, that's, your, my, your that's the home game. team, baby. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> Bulldogs and BMWs are all I do, right? So, uh, yeah, I've definitely got to do that. And uh, I might – we will – you know, we could Mike could do something for the Massachusetts game, but it's just not the best game in the world. It's just not the I don't know. I just I'm not if I'm not super excited about the game, it's hard to do a big awesome tailgate. I mean, I will do some kind of tailgating, but I ain't gonna damn go nuts for the Massachusetts game, you know? That's hard so to um you guys email us. Tell us what you think. Are you interested in having a listener meet up before the noon kickoff at the Georgia State game? If you are, let us know, because we'll do it, right? We're not scared to have a listener meet up at Georgia Tech. It's just we don't want to do it unless you guys are interested. We are not scared at all. If you guys are interested, we'll do our best to make it happen. Damn right. We'll have some crystal burgers and some damn I'll, – I'll smoke a butt, and we'll eat damn pulled pork on Hawaiian rolls, and we'll just – we'll go nuts. Whatever you guys want to do. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Call us at 706-363-0210. We are the original, the biggest, the best – Hell, we got as many damn listeners as the rest of the podcast have combined. Guys, tell your friends, listen to the Dogcast, buy cups off the website, follow Jamie on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Beat the Eagles, the Tigers, and the Plainsmen this weekend, and we'll be back with a post-game show Sunday night. See you at the game, 7 p.m. Go dogs. There, the uh, new dog. This is E-Dog here. I had a couple things just wanted to mention. Hopefully you could address them on your show uh, this week if you get a chance. Uh, the first is a positive. just wanted to just mention after that Kentucky game, again, how unbelievable our offensive line is and where we're at. Our, sec- our second string offensive line is better than any starting five we've ever had uh, from our previous regime. It's just I've never seen – anything like it with the talent level, the depth, and how people go down, the next one comes up, and maybe even better. Um, it's just it's so nice and uh, just great to see. But the second point uh, is more of a question, and, and, and New Dog, you might have some insights on this. What, what are we going to do? Are y'all hearing with anything about Fields? I'm hearing rumors of his dad not happy. I think we're okay this year, but what are you going to do next year? Um, after Fields has had another off season and is more comfortable with the off offense, I feel like we we got a dilemma coming at some point where it's going to have to be addressed because I don't think Fromm's ever going to do anything to lose the job like uh, Hertz did at Alabama. Eventually, played so bad he had to bring in Tua. I don't see that with with Fromm. So, and are we going to stick with Fromm, who I think is very good? Or do you take the risk at maybe the best talent in Fields? Um, what do you do? I don't think Fields is going to wait three years to get a starter and just get one year, start his senior year after Prime graduates, kind of like uh, Hudson Mason did. So just wondering what you guys hearing or 
what do you think is going to happen with that situation? Because it's going to happen real soon. Thank you. Love the show. Go dogs. Hey, this is uh, Big Dog out here in uh, Oregon. Just letting you know that we love the dog cast out here. Love hearing that the dogs are doing their thing. And uh, we're so happy that we're going to do our thing in Atlanta on December 1st. So great that we have the opportunity to take care of Alabama. Uh, let's see what we can do. Go dogs.